Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. He's here to talk about so much more because he has a new book. It's called Identity Shift, Upgrade How You Operate to Elevate Your Life. Let me welcome motivational speaker, former NFL player, Mr. Anthony Trucks. Welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. How you doing? I got a little hand clap there. Oh, cool. Yeah, you get all of that with your sultry tones coming in with his... <laughs> With his, uh, he got a radio uh, voice. Yeah, he's he? got he's got yeah. that. Um, what do you call that? The the quiet storm. He got that quiet storm. Yes, quiet yeah. storm. That'd yeah. be a new that'd be a new description of it. I'll take that though. Why not? What what other descriptions are you getting, Anthony? Uh, sultry, buttery. Um, I was on Good Morning America a couple days ago. She says I can listen to him talk all day long. I was like, hey, cool. I'll I'll do that. So yeah, maybe oh, I wow. should do radio at some point. <laughs> or you can he, do one of those readings for calm, like you know, put people to sleep at night. Soothing yeah. Voice. You know, meditate. There's actually, a, so I am uh, I'm an advisor to an actual app that we we do kind of that same thing. So I've done some audio stuff with them. Um, yeah, I can't think of, for some reason, the, the life of me, the name of the app. They're probably going to be like, why did you not remember the name of the app? I could probably Google it. I'm going to be calling you after this. You know that, right? Yeah, rather than be like, what'd you do? You forgot the name of it? Like, yeah, I did. But it's it's like that. It's a meditation app. I think this would work better, though, as a house call. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. All right, Anthony is here. Anthony Trucks, I'm just throwing it out. Uh, Identity Shift is the name of the book. Uh, before we get into that, though, we were talking off mic about this whole Cole Beasley, um, who's been very, you know, vocal about not wanting to be vaccinated. And I'm I'm cool with not talking about vaccinations as long as we can keep talking about mask wearing, because I think, you know, when we're especially athletes and there's a lot of exchange of sweat and spit and you know, you're yelling and you're screaming and you're up on each other that I think yeah. masks are, are just a protection. And now that the NFL is, is clamping down when you were in and you were in for three years, you, you I got hurt in my third year. Yeah. My third year, it was the end of the end of my season and then in the career. What happened? I tore my shoulder. So, well, I, I didn't really, somebody tore it right in, in the middle of a game. Somebody, uh, it's funny watching the video clip, like after you could see, I was running to a side and I tripped on a guy and then someone who was supposed to block me just planted a foot in Superman out of my back. And then as I'm getting up, he lands on my back and it tears my shoulder. So I ended the season and eventually ended up my career. Wow. Um, and I'm, and I'm curious about this too, because um, so many football players and three to five years after leaving the league are bankrupt and broke and because yeah because football they're not making the same money that they're making in baseball or the nba Mm -hmm. and it's not guaranteed and your lifespan in football is usually very short you can't play necessarily for 20 years unless you're you know ronnie lott or somebody that's you know defensive end or you know one one of the cornerbacks they have a longer career but running backs and wide receivers they don't last very long and then they're young so you're 20 something years old with millions of dollars and most of the time you don't know how to spend it what uh-uh. what what kept you from being broke? Oh well, I got broke. I just didn't go bankrupt. I was like at the edge. I had skin of my teeth, man. You know what it is though? I came out and made a, a dumb business decision. I think that there's this ego that comes in as players when we get done. We go, we're better than regular humans. But like we find out later, like no, you're a regular human. You actually have less skills because you haven't been in the workforce. So you can tackle people, and you can't get paid for it anymore, man. So. When I came out, I actually got to the point where I was I was evicted. I was almost evicted from a, a business I had started, a gym business. And if I didn't pay a certain amount of money in two weeks, I was going to be evicted and charged $250,000 that I did not have. So believe me, I got real close and skated by until I eventually figured it out and built up. But I think a lot of the guys come out and they, you got a lot of money, you got a lot of ego, got a lot of time, and that money goes and the ego doesn't let you go do work to make more money. And all of a sudden you're broke. 
How much money did you amass in three years? Um, I think altogether, I think I might have brought in altogether like maybe six, seven hundred thousand dollars. I want to say, okay. and then I and, and then afterwards I injury stuff, so it made more. I'd probably say I made about a million dollars in the NFL. Uh, a lot of it came at the back end when I was doing like you know all this stuff going back and forth with the medical issues and things. But yeah, that's it. But to be honest. The chunk I got at the end, I got the last check I got, they took out like 55000 in taxes. Like it was a good chunk of money I got. And that dropped into a business. And nine months later, that money was gone. So <laughs> I had to build back up. So I haven't had NFL money since like 2009. So what was the build back? Because we're, we're, we're in Thrive Thursday. And I just, you know, Do the it. cautionary tales, people, you know, I was just um, talking to a friend of mine about, you know, everyone's waiting for that lottery check. You know, whether it's yeah. a death in the family that gives you a windfall or something, you know, because that's also a lottery for some some people. Big mama dies and you get a, get that big yeah. check or, you you know, we play the lotto to get that big check, but we don't manage what we get every day, which yeah. is the thing that will actually sustain us and, and, and keep us. But True. What, what was your build back? Got to be good stewards. Uh, my build back was uh, I, I was suicidal at one point, man. I, I didn't want to be here anymore because marriage fell apart, had three kids. I wasn't a good dad, out of shape, all that stuff. And I got to a real low, low, and I stayed in that low for like five years. And then my mom passed away. My adoptive mom passed away. And then I had like a, like a thought of like, I got to figure this thing out. Because I was living in a 500 square foot studio apartment with my three kids on an air mattress next to my twin bed. Like I wasn't doing it right. And this was like 2012. And so what really it was, was I kind of, to be honest, I was sitting there in 2013, like December, and I couldn't get my kids gifts for Christmas. I had to ask my ex-wife for $5,000. And I was like, look, I'm, I'm in this dire strait. I can't pay the rent of my business. I can't pay the rent of my, my townhouse. Like, and I, I had no money for the kids' presents Christmas Eve. So she gave me the money. Obviously, it's the worst person in the world you want to talk to and ask for money. But she did. And like that mom was like, I will never be here again. And the very next year, like dug in and pushed stupid hard to make money. And that year, I brought in $406,000. And then just kept building from there. So it's kind of been this thing where my, my growth was like, I got to the bottom financially, like emotionally drained, you know, pridely drained. And it was just time to go. This story is, chron- I just wanted to say this story is chronicled in Identity Shift, which is part memoir, mm-hmm. part inspirational yeah. uh, guide to how you can take control of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, you know, this is great that you wrote a book about this, but I'm always curious when people say this, you know, the next year I made this much money, like, mm-hmm. how did you start? Because I think that's one of the things that people, you can make that decision to say, I'm never going to be in this space again. But sure. what were the small steps that you took? If you could just describe one or two of them, because I think that yeah. would really help people understand, you know, did you go to work for somebody? Did you use a skill that you already had? What was it? Yeah, yeah, it was a skill I already had. So I found that, and so for me, first off, I it was like this ego thing. I had to take the ego back and go, I got to learn something because there's something I'm not doing that I need to figure out. So ego had to be buried for a little bit, put that to bed so I could actually create something new and give myself permission to improve. And then what I realized was, if I keep going for the small checks, I'll get small checks and I'll burn through them before I get the next one. But if I go for the big check, I can do something. So what skill do I have? And where does somebody want to pay a lot of money for the skill that'll make them or save them money? So I was like, well, I have a degree in kinesiology. I know fitness. I played in the NFL and I could talk. So I went to this large power company nearby me called Pacific Gas and Electric PG&E. I was like, hey, you probably, most people probably heard of PG&E, but they had to have. They had the whole issue with that whole, you know, the city they burned down kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So essentially, I was like, over a good chunk of that year, I was like, I'm, I'm going to convince them that they need to have me come in and teach their workers how to minimize strains and sprains that they have less workers comp and they can actually keep more of the money. And all you got to do is pay me a lot of money. 
And I convinced them. It was like a lot. It was like the most of the year, but I convinced them they cut me a check and they did save a bunch of money. I got a second contract after that. So that was the big push. And the hard parts, most people don't believe they have value because they're only looking at the present place. They say, this is who I am. I can't do more. But it's like, no, no, no. It's just who you are now. Look deeper and see what you got that you can bring out and you can change your environment. Mm. Anthony Trucks is here. Uh, incredible story. And before we go back, I want to go forward a little bit um, in your story. You said you were a, a horrible dad and a horrible husband. Um, yeah. Why? Uh, I mean, it's a mixture of things. To be honest, I got out of football. And I didn't see anything of value to myself besides football. So I give this really interesting metaphor, which is not crazy interesting. It's a tree and a fruit. Like this was the fruit of my labor, right? I'm, I'm the fruit football. And when football falls off the tree, like I feel like, you know, the apple, I can hang for a little bit. Month one, like oh, I used to play in the NFL, but year, year two, it's like, I'm a loser. <laughs> so the apple starts to rot. And that's how we all feel when we lose a fruit of our labor. And what I realized after that six years was like, wait, wait, I'm never, never have been the fruit. I've always been the tree. And we don't take care of the tree. And so the tree, all the fruit dies. So the marriage falls apart. The kids fall apart. Health falls apart. Career, all this is done, right? Because I was only focused on one piece of fruit and lost out of the tree that I should have been tending to to take care of the fruit. So what I say was that I was at the gym trying to find this way to make me me again, you know? So I'm 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. gone. So I'm not helping the wife who has a four-year-old newborn twins. Uh, I'm not being a present dad. I'm, I'm giving to this area here. I'm, I'm the guy at going to the store, getting candy, coming back and, and eating it and covering my belly with a hooded sweatshirt, you know? And so like, I was just, I was not the guy I was living completely incongruent with who I was supposed to be and showing people I was. So that's why I was just out of alignment with who I, I was showing the world I was and who I actually was inside. Identity mm -hmm. shift. That's the book. Um, you were adopted by people without melanin. That's the way mm -hmm. I'm going to say it. Cause white is a made up construct. And I'm going to keep saying that, you know, we, we right. deal in these labels, um, but yeah. culturally, you know, this country is built on them. Right. So mm -hmm. tell us, tell us the story. Yeah. So three years old, my actual biological mom is without melanin. <laughs> I'll adopt it for your show. Why not? And, and very without melanin, like pasty, you know, we'll call it. And, and then my, my dad, I never knew. In fact, on my birth certificate, it said my guy, my dad's name was Daniel Patrick O'Byrne, which is Irish. So something's off, right? If you look at me. And so the beginning of my life, three years in, my mom says, I don't want my kids anymore. It gives all four of us a foster care system. And we end up in a situation where we are quite literally living these lives of just heinous situations. We're separate, but we're experiencing, like I was forced to chase chickens to earn meals. I was putting shopping carts to push down hills. I was forced to lick the bottom of people's shoes till my tongue bled. And this is all between like three and six. And so I was a really shut down, emotionally just distraught kid. And then at six years old, I landed my family, which is my current family, a very poor, all without melanin family and me in a non-diverse area. Only person looked like me in my school, you know? So that was a lot. And that was eight years in that family, uh, not letting them love me because I want to go back to my real mom, who at the time was a horrible place to go. I just didn't know it. I'm a kid. I don't know any better. And at 14, I finally realized like, ooh, these people love me. How about I let them love me? And I let them adopt me. But it was kind of like sever parental rights and then get adopted because they want to adopt me well before that, but system. But yeah, 14, I was finally for sure the place I woke up today, I get to go to bed tonight. Mm. Licking somebody's shoe? Like what? Yeah. How, People are crazy, man. People do some so pretty they, heinous the, the foster home that you were in, was this part of a game that they were doing? Uh, just wanted to torture yeah. you? I don't even understand you know that. What? 
there's this, there's this thing that we call, it's called being a paycheck. You ever hear about foster kids aging out of the system? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have to age out. In fact, you're at a home. When you age out, the family's just kicking you out. They just don't get paychecks for you anymore. So what happens is when you're a kid back in 1986 and they get a paycheck for you, as long as you don't die, they're good. They don't care. It's like, it's like a weird torturous thing. They would always, always people do. If I would, if I wet the bed because I was scared, I got beat. If I was playing with toys, they'd come kick it over. It's just a, every house that was the weirdest thing, all but one house I can recall. But it gets to the point where that's your normalcy. In fact, that's what I expect, you know, because that's what's happening. So I'm like, oh, this must be everybody's life. You don't know any different. You're cut off from the world. There's no social media. There's no television. This is your only, right? So some people just in hindsight, horrible human beings, but it is what it is. So how do you become I'm sorry, a, I am floored by that, um, Dr. Butler, too. Um, so how, how do you become a world-class athlete in, in that? Mm, that's a good little journey right there. So, so 14, I tried to, for the first time to play football because when I'm in foster care, I couldn't play because my biological mom, so I no sports. Um, I did karate. But I didn't, I couldn't do a team sport, but I wanted to, right? On Fridays, all my buddies are going to jerseys going to play on Saturday, but I could not me. So I was like, all right, I'm finally adopted. I could play football, tried football. I sucked. Horrible, right? And I was like, oh, you know, and it's, it sucks. Anytime we try something new, we are met with the emotion that we suck at this thing and it hurts. And so I was like, all right, chalk it up. You know, I was like, it's just one bad year. Try the next year. Suck again. Freshman year of high school. I suck again. And I'm checked out. At this time, my adoptive mom was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Uh, my older brother was like the rock of us six kids. He's off of the military. So I'm just floating, man. I'm like, well, I'm a foster kid. I don't get much, you know, what no one, I don't know any foster kids that have made anything out of their life. I found out way later in life, 75% of inmates in any prison in America are former foster kids. Like we got bad statistics for us. It sucks. Half the homeless population, less than 1% of us graduate from college. So I check out. I'm like, I'm done. You know, this, I'm not supposed to just, just sleep in class. But in one class, Mr. Howell's English class, back right desk next to me, there's this love seat. Two girls are talking to each other. They have no idea I'm listening. And one says, well, the reason I'm so bad is because I'm in foster care. And it was this really unsettling moment because I heard my excuse for giving up out loud. And it hit me. I was like, that sucks. I remember going home and looking in the mirror. I used to brush to get my waves. You know how that goes. And I would look. I just said, Anthony, you're going to be great. And that was it. It was weird. Like, I, I still recall the exact moment, the mirror, the wallpaper behind the mirror. And it, it turned in this catalyst. And here's what I did. You ask how I actually became a world-class athlete. I asked the question, what does a great athlete do? And I started doing those things. And it felt super out of character. People made fun of me. I looked weird, all that fun stuff. But I did it every day for seven months, 500 catches a day, lifting weights, running routes, all that. The next year I showed up an animal. And here's what it was. I had done too much work in the dark. You to take what was mine in the light. So I started making play upon play. I was demolishing people, catching ball. I was a baller because in, inside, like, that's my ball in the air. This is my play to take. I did way too much work. And I showed up and then the, really progressed from there. And what I leave people with is a statement that if you get this, it'll land and it'll change your life. But here's what it was. That was a process of creation for me. I was creating a stronger Anthony, a faster Anthony, a more skilled Anthony. However, what you create creates you. Yeah. I was looking on your website while you were talking and that picture of you where you said you created this strong person, you know, I saw with the neck and everything. I was like, oh my God. And it's like, that's that's really buff, right? But I got to ask this question because, you know, I'm a religion professor. And, you know, when we talk about identity shift and all of this, you know, was there a faith journey in the midst of this? Was there not a faith journey? And I'm I'm curious about that because I think that's what happens with a lot of people. I'm not saying it happened with you, but I'd like to know if that was part of your journey. 
hundred percent. Yeah. God is an anchor to my entire world. Like it's one of those things where he makes sense of the crazy. Right. So when I was 18, about 18 years old, I was looking at colleges now and I'd been doing good in college, you know, high school. So I get this offer yeah. to go to Washington state and I go up there because a crosstown rival of high school was up there. And so I get there, I go to this party because my host took me there. And like you said, I had at the time a high school sweetheart would have a great relationship. And I take me to a room and I go, Hey, pick one of these girls. I'm like, Ooh, uh -huh. yeah, you yeah, know. And then all of a sudden this guy, Chris heard walks out of the room and he's a good dude. And I'm like, yeah, he didn't belong there to be honest. So I think God plays. I'm like, here, bud, go here. And so like, he's like, you want to get out of here? I was like, yeah, let's go. So we took off, went to the facility, actually the, the stadium for Washington state up in, you know, the Palouse mm -hmm. and we go yeah. up there and he goes, Hey, um, tell me a little bit like, are, are you have any kind of faith or any, you know, any, any of that God part of your life? And I go, well, we're Christian, like on Easter and Christmas, but like not really outside of that. And he goes, well, as you're about to go into this world, you might want to think about that because you're about to go where you're going to be by yourself. You're gonna have a lot of opportunity for different things. You can go like a leaf in the wind. And if you don't have an anchor or base, you might float off. So I was like, yeah, good to know. But then here's the crazy part. I fly home and, you know, they set up a taxi to take you home. So I walk outside, some guy holding a sheet of paper. He's got like, you know, olive skin, short brown hair to his shoulders. And I kid you not, dude looked like Jesus. And <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm so, yeah. so serious. And I think he did it on purpose. And here's why I get in the car. I'm in that, you know, like the row behind the front row of like the, the bench seat behind the, the van. He goes, Hey, yeah. um, are you saved? Oh, wow. Like, kind of taxi driver asked an 18 year old kid, are you, are you saved? Right. Let alone when it looks like me, I'm like the cool daddy back then. I was like, no, nah. he goes, do you mind if I kind of share my testimony? So the hour and a half ride home to Antioch, California shares testimony. We stop a block from my house. He pulls over. Doesn't even tell me he's pulling over. It's a little bit creepy. He goes, Hey, mm -hmm. do you mind if I pray with you and you accept Christ into your heart? I was like, you know, let, let's do it. So that was it. And since then it's been a, you know, an up and down fun journey of my faith, my relationship and all that, that great stuff. But yeah, there is a definitive faith aspect and anchor to me uh, mm -hmm. because without those moments, 100%, I could float off into so many directions. Yeah. Well, I, I asked you that because you really sounded like when you were telling the stories, like if there's a thing where people can be a motivational speaker, right? But there was something more than motivational that I could hear. And I was like, you know, this dude, you could be easily be a preacher. So but thank you for sharing that, because I think, you know, that's always a part of these stories sometimes, right? And sometimes they're not. But I think it's it's important for people to hear that, you know, there's even if you have a, this kind of experience in the back, you know, you still don't you go through stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I think that, you know, people think, oh, I, I got I got saved. I did this. I did that. Whatever is that that thing. And then it's all going to be great. But it never is. Right. Because you got to work through stuff. No, you just have, you have more tools, but you still got to use the tools. Yeah. So what do you think? And, and let me just follow up this question. Is this, so what do you think now when you look at NFL players? I mean, you know, we got lots of different players that are out here with different personalities and everything, you know, and you, you've decided to write a motivational book to talk about your experience and everything. But there's lots of other stuff going on in the NFL right now. What do you yeah. think the NFL is missing? Man, uh, yeah. It's the thing the world's missing is they're missing the ability to be okay following the good guys. Okay. It's, you know, the, the people that stir up the, the crazy, the ones that get all the attention, it just is what it is. The world loves to see things burn. Watch the news. Like quite literally, they love to see things burning, right? So the mm -hmm. idea is like, we have great role models. We have them, but it's not cool to follow them as kids in college. None of that. Well, who do we put up on the billboards? It's the ones who are brazen and loud. Like I'm going to take it one direction. It's like, you know, we have track. And, and Shikari is a phenomenal athlete, but I, as a person, I sit back and go, there's got to be a better way to 
have some class and show up in a way that we're, but, but no. So what do we do? We got our billboards and we got our, all the commercials and everything. And, but you're not taking account of like Sydney McLaughlin, who's a phenomenal, yeah. who's a so I, would also, I would also say about her. I think she's a young woman who's got, you know, stuff going on. I mean, it's just, there's well, a lot does. there, right. You yeah. know, but you want and, to be yeah, so, work with Nike. But, yeah, yeah, but Anthony trucks is saying something though. She is being rewarded yeah. for yeah. behavior. Being, yeah that is detrimental to her not just yeah you know, exactly and it is also setting the table for the next shikari to be mm-hmm. saying to say well you know or kanye this is how you act and this is how you become successful right whereas he's saying something um sydney just got engaged and that was way down below shikari clapping back to the because yeah. you know they came for her they called her I forgot what they called her. It, it was good though. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah, my wife last, it up. That's, the, yeah. the last loan. Oh, last and furious or something. They were like, yeah, like they've been Jesus. trolling yeah. her. And then she yeah. said something about them not wearing shoes and showing up and you know did something real. Yeah, they go back and forth. But that's for sales yeah. articles and likes. But if you ask about the football stuff going back there, I think yeah. the NFL just needs to prominently spend time showing the world the great. It's, it shouldn't be a side note and a, an award once you know once a year at the Super Bowl. Like show them doing because. I think people think we need better leadership. No, no, no. We just need leadership sensationalized. It's not. It's just not. When I was there, there were phenomenal guys around me. But to be honest, the guys that got the screen were the ones that were loudest and the most boisterous and the ones that rocked the boat. You know, it just is what it is. So I think if the NFL can stop showing all the crazy and show some of the calm, you might have a society that actually embraces the calm more. Yeah. Or, you know, as I would like to put it, if they would, you know, maybe stop showing some of the crazy and then stop penalizing the people who actually have, you know, purpose like cap. Then yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Wait yeah, a minute. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you <laughs> think that um, Kaepernick was somebody that um, they should have gotten another chance to play? Oh yeah, should have had a chance to play. But it's 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 a political world, man. It's, we we everything is politics. My I play coach of the youth football team is politics. There, everything's political. He has the ability to play the game. I don't care what yeah. you say. An individual. I know guys that were like third string on their college teams that got on the squads and they're just the backup quarterback. You're telling me that man who took him to a championship, he couldn't be a backup somewhere. Thank you. And then you tell me there's no politics to it. Now, yeah. aside from my belief of what he did was right or wrong, that's just, that's irrelevant. As a player, he has value, but the problem is the political thing destroyed it. And he was hundred percent right. I'm glad he got in his, he'll kind of get back in that because he did get blackballed from the league simply because people don't want to touch him. But the reality is he's a great player. He really, he probably still could go out there and ball. Oh, I'm sure. Anthony Trucks, um, I see you wearing a ring. So uh, have you gotten back in a relationship saddle? Is everything, uh, I'm imagining you're a much better father now and um, doing all the right things? I I mean, not all, a good chunk of them. I let my daughter be weird because she's what teenage girls do. So I'm like, all right, you just do your hair like that now. (laughs) So it's interesting. I remarried my ex-wife actually. So we have have our marriage back together. Yeah, yeah. after three years divorce, we got back. How did that happen? God, what? you asked the question okay. earlier. That's, that's how right. you know what it is. We were we were individually but simultaneously uh, working on each other at the same time. So while I was doing my thing and like growing as a human, she had found for the first time like God and faith in a way that was powerful. And so, man, ten months after I had a wake up moment, she entered back into the world in a good way. And then next, you know, we'd have a marriage back together after some hard conversations internally with each other and with people that surround our circles. And got the go ahead from everybody and then you know moved on and got remarried yes whole new I thing love it. all brand new oh. and it's it works it doesn't it's not perfect because we're human right 
but it works. And, uh, and, and I can't imagine being with anybody else. It just doesn't, it doesn't take into my brain. Like once you've gone through like the, the bottoms with somebody, the dark, it's hard to, to really let go of that connection, let alone try to even think the energy that when I think about the energy it would take to reconnect to another human at that level, it makes my stomach turn. It's yeah. just, it would be too much work to do it again. And it's, yeah. it's like a thread I saw on Twitter where somebody was talking about, you don't want to be out here dating right now, but that's another story. Yeah, but, right. but I want to ask you, I, I want to ask you as you go out and sort of do this book tour, you know how we're doing book tours, we're talking online and all this other stuff, but what do you, what do you want to be the takeaway from all of this? I mean, how do you know, what kind of person should be reading this book? Uh, anybody who is, is sitting in a place in life, we're like, Hey, you know, this is cool. And they got to be the worst place, but they go, there is something more. So anybody says there's something more to this, whether it's a, a deeper relationship, more, you know, joy at work, or maybe a better job, start a business, get in better shape, whatever it is. Cause the reality is, is a lot of us in this day and age consume, consume, consume. We have what I call shelf esteem. We buy things and we don't, mm -hmm. we don't even consume them. Most we buy books and don't, don't actually consume them or we do consume them and never do anything with it but feel yeah. good in our brain. I know what I could be doing, but then years go by, it's not done. And what I found is most of the reason why is you just aren't the person to do it. We get to yeah. moments where it needs us to do it and we make excuses. Oh, I was tired and I didn't have the ability. I don't know the network. And it's like, no, no, no. The person who has everything that you said you want, they would never make that excuse right now. No, so it's they who you are. It's, it's, sorry, it's not what you know, but who you are with what you know. Wow. Well, thank Anthony you so Trucks. much. Yes. Welcome. Anthony Trucks, uh, the book is Identity Shift, and uh, he's amazing. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.